Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Welcome to Broken Catholic. Today, our featured guest is Andrew Dixon. And Andrew is, okay, let me tell you the backstory. I met Andrew in Austin, Texas last week. And he started, he heard me talking about God in a public forum. And I think that might've did something for him. And all of a sudden he started sharing his faith story with me. And I said, hold on a second, Andrew. And I pulled out my phone and I put it on video and I put the lavalier mic on him. And I said, all right, tell me that story again. And he was bold enough to go into the story um, on video publicly on Facebook Live. And I just thought, this guy's got gusto. So Andrew was raised on a farm in New Zealand. So you're going to notice he's got one of those cool accents. He just sounds better than most of America. It's just what it is. His hero, his hero was Enoch from the Bible because Andrew was excited about knowing God personally. Years later, having not seen anyone model such an intimate spiritual walk, he lost hold of his childhood dream of living a life full of adventure with God. Man, I connect with that. How many of us have lost that childhood dream? By 18 years old, he was a people pleaser, a nice guy with no idea what he really wanted. Foolish decisions made in pursuit of happiness found him far away from home. So kind of like prodigal son here, divorced and depressed by age 36. God met him in his brokenness and taught him how to live his name. His name previously, an impossible burden, became the identity he moves in today. He now enjoys a wonderful wife of God's choosing and their beautiful children, plus coaching Christian men across the planet. So Andrew, welcome to our show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Hey, thanks, Joseph. Great to be on your show. Really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, heck, there's there's a long backstory because you know i've got five decades now so um god's been very patient with me and mm. um yeah here i am by the grace of god um probably took a lot longer to get where i am than i needed to but i'm here i and- get that so before we get into the story share something personal that very few people in your business life know about you um yeah i just have a tender heart as 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 a kid i would um i guess i'm really empathetic for anything so you know even kids that were pulling wings off flies or Mm. 
um, torturing frogs at school and on the school bus, you know, it just broke my heart. Um, but you know, if you put that out there, you just absolutely got slaughtered. Um, mm. so you just sort of, and you, you know, when you're just a little kid seeing big kids doing that, you just, um, yeah, it's, it's horrible sort of feeling powerless, you know? So I get that. I've always had that sort of, you know, for the underdog. Um, yeah. Got it. So let me ask you this. Uh, was there any bullying involved when you were a kid being, you had that tender heart and, and then other boys found out about it because boys are cruel. That's why we like to hurt things when we're kids. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. When I first was riding the bus to school at five years old, um, and I didn't have a very long bus ride, thankfully, in the morning, just probably five, ten minutes. Um, but there were a couple of boys in the last year of high school that, um, yeah, bullied me for a few months. Um, mm. And, yeah, it was – I dreaded getting on the bus. But, you know, you believe their lies that if you tell anyone, you know, bad things will happen to mm. you and your family. I mean, they just say outrageous stuff, but mm. you have no clue when you're small. So, yeah, it, it was a few months before I told my father and basically the next day there was none of that anymore. He what did he do? Did he go like beat up the boys, your dad? Nah, he just, it was kids a mile or two down the road. He just went down, talked to their father and that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you know, that's the way it used to be. I love that approach where dads showed up as dads and they mm -hmm. took their kid by the collar, by the scruff, and put them in line. That's what my dad did with me. And it worked. I've messed up a lot, but man, I've never gone too far. And it's because of that good parenting. So Broken Catholic Nation, BC Nation, here's why I invited Andrew on the show. Andrew's on a mission. Uh, he calls it nice guy killer. And he's on a mission to to put an end to just that, that nice guy wussiness persona. And that doesn't mean he's losing his tender heart that God blessed him with, right? That's his superpower. That's what God gave him. But what's that balance where you're not occurring um, as this weaker, meeker type of individual, but you're still showing up powerfully in God's calling in your life. So we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to do a little backstory on Andrew. So Andrew, let me go real broad. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? People don't listen. Um, it's just surprising how people jump to assumptions. And um, yeah, I've been trained as a counselor earlier. And yeah, we spend a lot of time learning to listen. And it's, you just, it's just mind blowing to realize how much you don't understand other people until you actually learn how to listen. There's an art to it. Mm. And on the flip side, People are afraid to speak their heart, what they really believe. Um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. And part of the whole nice problem is, you know, worrying too much about what other people think. I think we should respect people um, and respect them as made in the image of God. But it's okay to have a difference of opinion. Mm. Uh, and it's okay to upset people. Sometimes people need to be upset. Um, but that was certainly not the way I was raised. Yeah, I get that. I think that's a powerful distinction, BC Nation, that Andrew just made for us. Right? It's one thing to show up nice and to 
be kind and everything. It's another thing altogether to buy into people's opinions, especially if they have negative opinions of you because maybe they don't know you. And in my own life, I've learned this little uh, trick, which is, and I say it to myself every now and then, I have to represence myself. And that's, I don't, I care about you. I don't care about your opinion, especially of me. Like, cause opinions don't matter. Opinions change like the, like feelings, right? They just come and go like based on your life experience. Cause your opinion can change like in a second once you get more information or data. So opinions don't mean anything. I respect you. I love you because God tells me to love you. I don't have to like you. And I really don't have to care about your opinion of me at all. So Andrew, thanks for representing us to that. So let's go back for a minute or two and how did you first experience God in your life? Like in a tangible, real way where you're like, man, like he's my father in heaven. I know who I am. This is my identity. What are your top three tips or strategies of how you got to that point of experiencing God in your life? Ooh, it was kind of before I was thinking of tips and strategies. Um, it was way back. I grew up with you know, good Christian parents and grandparents and the grandparents lived on the farm. So I, you know, got to see them quite often. I can just remember probably my earliest memory of being aware of God is lying on the grass on my grandparents' lawn after stuffing myself full of feeders <laughs> off their tree <laughs> and just watching the clouds going across the blue sky and just knowing that God was up there and just talking to him about the cloud pictures, you know, how you see images in the clouds and stuff mm. and just talking to him and it was just like a real conversation you know I can't it was so long ago I can't remember what exactly he said and stuff but I was very aware of wow you know God is real and big and and I'm so small and yet mm. he made me so he cares about me and yeah it, I don't there was no strategy or tips it's just something I was aware of Got it. So let me ask you this. Do you still have that same belief with certainty right now as an adult? Oh, more so. Um, yeah, absolutely more sure. Okay. So then let me go here with it. I'm going to rephrase my question. What top three tips or strategies have you used to keep that faith alive with all the skepticism and cynicism in our society that really just beats us down and tells us that our identity is in stuff it's in who we date, it's in how much money we make, et cetera. And we lose our identity as son of God, the father. So what are those top three tips or strategies of how you keep your faith alive? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question, Joseph. Um, oh, prayer. I just think laying your heart out before God. Um, and David's a good example in the Psalms. Just, you know, don't be shy of letting God know what you're feeling, whatever it is, good or bad. Um, he can, he's big enough to handle it. Um, you don't have to be nice to God. I think you need to be respectful, but mm. um, you don't have to be nice. And he, he's not just hoping to hear nice things from you. Um, he's, 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 well, he already knows me, but he wants me. The only way you can really know someone, and if I want to know God, which I do, then I have to be okay with him knowing me. And the way I show that I'm okay is just tell him everything. Mm. That's powerful. BC Nation, it's one thing 
for you to know God or know of God, but does God know you? Like Andrew's saying, because, and I wrestled with this question, Andrew, and I'm so glad you're bringing this up. It's like Jesus says in the scriptures at the end, right? When you stand before his heavenly father, right? Jesus is going to say, I don't know you to some of them, right? And you don't want to be on that end. So what does he mean? I don't know you. It's like, of course, Jesus, it's me. You know me. I'm a Christian, right? I'm a Catholic. I'm a Jew. You know me. And Jesus says, I don't know you. And I think it has a lot to do with, we don't take the time to spend time with him in relationship like we do with family members and friends. Like we don't spend the time and let him get to know us and our heart and share with him when we're hurting, when we're, we're celebrating, et cetera. What shows up for you in that, Andrew? Um, I have to be, God has to be the person I go to first. I grew up, you know, hearing verses from Proverbs about, you know, it's good to have many counselors. It's wise to have many, you know, different counselors. The trouble is, you've got to pick the right counselors and mm. there are good Christians, but if they're sort of a really different personality type, or they're just interested in absolutely totally different things in life that, and they have and they, because you don't reveal your heart to them, they actually don't know who you are. So if they're mm. just going off assumptions that you want to live a life like they're living, then they'll give you advice that might be good for them, but it's absolutely horrible for you. Mm. Um, and, it, and it doesn't match the calling God's put on your life. So you need to pick your counselors very carefully, but God, it should be going to God first. So now I do get other counsel, but I'll take things to God first. I'll pray. I'll even sometimes fast, you know, over the big stuff. Um, not because I have to, but because it's just sort of a discipline that helps me to know that I'm serious. Um, yeah. So God should be the first port of call. I like that first part of call. Very cool. And what were some mistakes you've made along the way in your relationship with God? Yeah, well, after, you know, I came to the Lord about six years old, you know, mentally assented to, yes, God is, Jesus died for me and he's Lord, I need to submit to him. And, you know, so I did. And I really wanted, you know, Enoch was my hero, but I didn't, the Bible doesn't say a lot about Enoch. How, how mm. did he have such a close walk with God? Um, and I just sort of followed what people told me. Um, people gave me books, you know, little studies to work through, which are good, but they teach you about God. And it's, you do need mm. to know stuff about God, but it's not just answering the questions correctly from the Bible. Um, and people sort of, you know, mark your little books and tick the boxes off. But, you know, and if you have different questions, they'd sort of like, oh, well, that's not in the book. So, you mm. know, let's just finish the study first. <laughs> and so God is sort of just like this object out there that you're studying, not someone you relate to. And um, so my heroes changed. Enoch was too hard. I got heroes like good ones, Jonathan, um, Beniah, you know, the mighty man. But they were men of action out. You could read about what they actually did. But, yeah, the whole focus of Enoch was his walk with God was so close, whereas Jonathan and others, the story is more about what they did. You don't hear so much about their own personal walk with God. Um, so it sort of shifted from being to doing. Mm. And that 
that wasn't so healthy really. Yeah, I get that. So let's transition over, you know, in your bio I shared and you revealed that by age 36, you were divorced and depressed. What happened there with your relationship with God? How was that impacted? I never lost my faith in God, but, um, you know, I be, by the time I chose someone to marry, I was a, pretty much a fool really in many aspects. And I chose someone who was actually totally unsuitable. Um, but mm. she was kind of available and exciting. Um, she was from another culture and, you know, there, no one told me to marry her. I made it happen. And cause I was looking for happiness. I wasn't happy with, you know, the sort of career I was in. Mm. Um, I didn't know what career I wanted. Um, and so I made a commitment to this person that I didn't actually know her heart at all. And there were a few red flags, but I just ignored them because I thought that she was what I wanted. But, and that's not excusing our marriage falling apart um, because we could have, if we'd submitted to God, we could have made it work. There's, you know, you, it's possible, totally possible. But she, in the end, had entirely different purpose about her life and entirely different desires that were absolutely radically different to mine. That's what was revealed over time. And Got it. eventually just walked away from, because I would not give up, you know, certain standards. Mm. Um, what did you do with the depression that happened, I guess, right after that? Like, where did you take that? What'd you do with it? Not a lot. I mean, actually by the time she walked, I was actually, you know, being, I didn't realize how depressed I was mm. and emotionally just numb from nine years of just struggling with this relationship. And so I hadn't lost my faith, but in some ways I hadn't been able to express it because she, you know, she wasn't helping me live a Christian life. It was a real struggle to live a Christian life. Mm. So by the time she left, I just felt like, God was absent. I knew in my head that he was there because I totally believed he's, he promised to always be with us. Jesus did. But I did certainly not feel it at all. It was like I was just alone. Mm. And what was that like for you? What'd you do with that? Well, I was actually working, living in Tanzania on the side of Mount Kilimanjaro, managing a big 2000 acre cropping farm. Um, the nearest sort of other English speaking person, probably an hour's drive away. So I was by myself in this very beautiful location. And that was kind of healing. I could see God at work in the sunsets and, and the rainstorms coming to water the crops and things. It was and the, the wheat just popping out of the ground after seven days being planted. It was just like so powerful. There's God at work. But in terms of sort of like, I couldn't pray. I was just at this point where it was so hard to pray that I really kind of couldn't. And I had no interest in reading the Bible, even though I sh knew I should. So I forced myself to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Just I force fed it basically because I didn't want to slip into, you know, the kind of temptations I knew I would be vulnerable to. So that, that was quite a, and that lasted quite a long time you know, a year or so. And I, 
there wasn't a lot of Christian support over there. Um, mm. And I was just basically really worn out, not sleeping well. It's, um, so it was a struggle. I eventually um, got a couple of sessions of counseling with a Catholic nun, actually. And she really opened my eyes to what was actually going on, just hearing my own heart sort of reflected back to me. Um, that was really powerful. And that was the start, actually, of sort of coming up, just reaching out for help and um, not keeping myself isolated, trying to figure it out myself. Wow. BC Nation, I commend Andrew right now. He's sharing his heart with you. He's sharing the, the times of his life that he felt broken. He felt alone. He felt God was absent. And he's sharing specifically what he did and how God led him in this journey because none of it was him, right? God leads us even in our brokenness and puts people in Andrew's, he put people in Andrew's life, just like he puts people in your life. And it's really getting present to who's in front of you and not missing it, right? Like Andrew said, he put a Catholic nun in front of him. And I'm sure he had stuff going on in his head about that, right? But she was able to meet him where he's at and listen to him and help him to see new things. And God works through each of us on each of us. And I think that's so powerful. So anything else you want to add to that story? Like, where are you now in your faith? Yeah, well, that point, you know, I was actually having a lot of trouble with suicidal ideation um i was really mm. low and that was probably about a year or so after my wife had walked and i absolutely did not want to go there i did not want to do that to my family um but i kind of realized i didn't trust myself um and that was kind of scary to think well i actually who knows what i could do actually you know mm. the feeling get the thinking gets messed up so I sort of put some clues out, some hints, and my boss's wife actually picked up on them. And um, yeah, she was a bit shocked, but she's a, a lady of action, sort of very extroverted and just makes things happen. And she was just like, oh, this Andrew, oh no. And she just said, right, you are not leaving town because I was in town doing some shopping for the farm and stuff until you see Sheila. And so she got on the phone, and made an appointment for me and there was no ifs or buts it was just this is going to happen you're going to do it and it's just like i still thank her whenever we catch mm. up you know every couple of years if i happen to see her and her husband when they're in new zealand and i just still thank her for doing that for taking action and making me making the decisions that i wouldn't have made because i would have if she'd said oh see a counselor i would have been like yeah i'll do that and i wouldn't have done it wow that is so honest and transparent andrew now, I got to ask you what you said you put out clues to others. Give me an example of what that, what type of clues? What did you pick up on? What did you actually say or do or write? How'd you do it? Well, I, I had actually just gone back, got back in Tanzania after a holiday in New Zealand, you know, going back home for a while, which was nice, but kind of wasn't really long enough. And so I'd got back and I was, I was probably quite jet lagged and tired and, um, my, we're, we're, my, we're running out of time, so I'm going to ask you yeah. to...
kind of so just go right I to the punchline. I had friend. a rifle on the farm for scaring elephants off the crops. Um, <laughs> Got it. And so when I'd left New Zealand, I thought, well, I don't want that rifle just left in the house. I put it, I took the bolt out and mm. left it in my boss's office and left the empty rifle at home. And so when I went back, I thought, hmm, I don't want to take that bolt back with me. And so, and I actually don't want to know where it is. I don't want to be able to find that bolt because I don't want to shoot myself. Right. I don't trust myself. So I got it out of my boss's, the drawer where I'd left it in his office. And I gave it to her and said, could you just look after this for me? Like maybe in a month or two, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll need it. But until then, just put it somewhere where I won't find it. And she didn't really know what it was. Mm. She was like, what? And then she sort of finally clicked. And she was just like, oh, my gosh. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Love it, bro. That's powerful. All right. So BC Nation, I mean, I just got pulled really deep into Andrew's story. And I hope you did as well. Uh, I know so many of you wrestle with what Andrew just shared. And he wrestled with it and he's, he's giving us, here's the way out. Here's what worked for him and how God spared his life. So I'm going to do a quick recap of, of what Andrew shared, his tips and strategies. So the first thing Andrew shared is prayer. You got to spend time with God, right? You just got to. And what Andrew did is he let God get to know him by revealing his heart to him. So he shared all the little things like, God, here's what I feel. I know you already know this, but I need to share it with you anyway. Right? So he showed up as a child with childlike faith and that's what God wants. Next, Andrew says he goes to God first for counsel and then he goes to others, but God is always his first point of contact. And then number three, Andrew said he got out in nature and he got to experience God in nature, in creation, and just watch the beauty in it and how things were growing. And he saw God all around him. And then next, number four, Andrew said he forced himself to read one Proverbs chapter a day in the Bible. Forced himself. He didn't want to, but he did it because he knew he needed a new mind, right? Because he had depression going on. And, and last, number five, he took his suicidal thoughts and he put out clues to others, practical clues, like the cartridge in a shotgun, right? Leave it, getting it away from him and entrusting it to someone else. And then leaving it up to God to, to tap that person and say, hey, pay attention. Andrew needs your help. And that's powerful that he put himself out there. So, Andrew, I just want to commend you for sharing that. That's really good stuff. All right. So, Andrew, this is my favorite part of the show, buddy. Uh, welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Are you ready, sir? I ready as I'll ever be. All right. And I'm going to ask you to pick it up, man, because I, I, I yep. see you like to just go real slow. So put on your racing shoes here. All right. And Andrew, what's your favorite sound? Bass guitar. Bass guitar. Love it. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, the blackboard screechy thing. Yeah, scratching the nails. Got it. What are you most afraid of? I still struggle with, yeah, certain other people's opinions. Got it. So we got a nice guy kill. We got to kill the nice guy. What, oh, do you, yeah. what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? 
Arguing with my wife. Arguing with your wife. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Ah, that they won't accept me. Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? I knew it, but I didn't really know it in my heart that he's my father and that makes all the difference. Mm, that's the game changer. What do you wish you were better at? A uh, bit more disciplined in uh, exercise. Yeah, got that. What dream are you scared of pursuing, Andrew? Uh, just getting my voice out into the world with the uh, things that God has taught me um, like I'm doing right now. So it's kind of scary, but I'm doing it. I love it, buddy. You're doing a great job, man. You're showing up powerfully. All right. You're killing the nice guy right here on Broken Catholic. I'm loving this. What's a new habit you want to form? Yeah, consistency. And um, yeah, the night before my work, just planning the next day. I want to keep doing that. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? <sighs> Procrastination. <laughs> Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Loved by God. Ah, oh, dude, one of the best answers ever. Love that. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. Uh, servant of God. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Hang in there. It's totally so worth it. doesn't matter what you go through in life. Keep going because you won't believe what you've got in store for you. Man, that's so good. And any final wisdom? What's the, the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God, Andrew, in 60 seconds? Um, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, you know, he who is slack in his work is brother to he who destroys. And there's all kinds of ways of being slack in your work. But if you're slack with God, as in don't pursue him, don't um, pursue his heart. If you just play around with God, you actually end up destroying your life or being, yeah, it will eventually hurt you and hurt someone else, hurt the people you love. So don't be slack in your work. You hear that, BC Nation? Don't be slack in your prayer life. Go spend time with God. If you need help, go on Facebook and put in the search bar, Daily Holy Hour, and go check out my 40-Day Holy Hour Challenge. I start Season 2 starting up this Saturday, which is September 29th. We're starting at Day 1 again. So if you want to learn how to quiet your mind and hear the quiet whisper of God in your life, like Andrew's talking about, and let God transform you from the inside and take it and heal all the brokenness, go check that out. I joined the 40 day holy hour challenge and I'm your host. So hopefully you like me. All right. So Andrew, um, go ahead and share. Uh, you had a link for uh, BC nation. Um, what's the best way for them to find you, get in touch with you? Sure. If you're especially love to get rid of the nice guy in your life who's holding you back and, you know, stopping you doing that, the work, reaching your potential, you can find me at www.visionheartmission.com. And for everyone listening to this podcast, um, I have a complimentary free giveaway competition. If you go to visionheartmission.com forward slash broken Catholic.
you'll find something great there to participate in. Got it. So a little mystery gift for you, BC Nation, from Andrew. So if you are showing up in the world as the nice guy, you're getting pushed around, or you just feel that you're not putting out your true voice and you don't know how to do it, go check out Vision, Vision Heart mission.com forward slash broken Catholic. Let Andrew show you what God has done in his life and what God wants to do in your life. Andrew, thank you for joining us today. And I wish you God's peace, love, and joy. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.